With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Lion. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 offense rookie of the year is... Calamara. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He looks at himself. Looking back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. Guys, welcome back to the Established Pass Podcast, and by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. Here we're back for part four of our 2021 NFL mock draft. We've gone through, we've made our picks up until pick number 24. At this point, we rounded out the first round with 25 through 32. Uh, so, as we said in the previous several episodes, uh, if you haven't listened to those first, I uh, would highly suggest hitting pause, going back. Uh, listening to the three episodes prior to this one to know how we got to this point um, at number 25. And uh, Dylan, you know, we're about to make our picks, but we are only days away now from uh, the NFL teams actually making their picks. And uh, plenty of rumors out there, uh, plenty of uh, smoke screens, I think, as well. <laughs> it will be interesting to see. And we said this on the first part of our mock draft we did a couple weeks ago. Um, if our top ten holds to form, uh, we should play the lottery because <laughs> I think it's going to be very hard uh, to kind of know which way some of these teams are going to go. Uh, again, lots of rumors out there as we head into the draft getting started this week. Yeah, the one part that, you know, initially we were kind of joking, it seemed ridiculous that no defenders were taken in our top ten of the draft, which has never happened. Uh, but now, like even today, Ian Rappaport saying there's a there's a slim to maybe even better than slim chance that we actually see this happen, uh, just based on the, the highly talented uh, offensive players we have, and especially at uh, such you know really key positions. Um, so yeah, like you're saying, that whatever that order of the top ten outside of the top two, uh, if we are able to get that right, that would be incredible, especially with a team that we have trading up into the top ten. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case, especially starting at number three, because all the rumors now, uh, it seems like the Niners are not taking Justin Fields. I'll give away the one pick that we had there, but again, it's more of what we think probably would be the best decision there, yeah. and it sounds more like Mac Jones is the guy, maybe still Trey Lance, but uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, we uh, maybe we still do see 10 offensive players in the top 10 like we have 
maybe it's someone else. I've seen some mocks. We, we didn't take Jalen Waddle too late, but I've seen some that had him going in the top ten. So it's kind of – the rumors are, like you're saying, who, who knows how many are actual uh, substantial factual uh, basis in terms of where they're coming from. Uh, but, yeah, we're almost there. And, yeah, the rumors and all the reports have kind of evolved as we've uh, done this draft. And we we did obviously put in the new pick with the Ravens trading Orlando Brown to the Chiefs to, to get a couple uh, – to get another second or first-round pick here. Um, but otherwise, I think we only have made one trade, which is a lot less than last year's mock draft. We'll see, I guess, if, uh, if we think of any – this last one as we go but right now we're, we're holding the form otherwise yeah i i think so too and um i think it's going to be interesting because as we said uh you know as we say every year smoke screens you don't know what's true what's not true what direction some of these teams are going to go mm-hmm. um, but uh, at least at this point uh, we have tried to put it together and now is where everything gets even more crazy because we have reached the back half of the first round and, you know, the very back part, uh, the back fourth, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, as we go into pick number 25, as we've done throughout the, these in our mock draft, uh, going back to last season as well, we alternate picks, and uh, I am on the clock, number 25, yes. with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, uh, no spoiler needed here, um, by the way, we took uh, Trevor Lawrence at number one, um, in case you had any doubts about that, to the Jags. <laughs> so they've already picked up uh, their quarterback of the future now. It's a matter of seeing. Where do they go from here? And uh, I think this is where things, again, get interesting because we've kind of at that point, Dylan, where we talked a lot about wide receiver and mm-hmm. um, not necessarily knowing maybe where some of these guys could land. Um, we've already had, let's see, we've had several off the board to this point. I think we've had four. Maybe. Four, I believe. Yeah, I think we've had four off the board. Some of them at the very top, pretty obvious, I think, overall when you think about it. Um, but I do believe that this is a spot that I've really been thinking about here, and I think I've narrowed it down to wide receiver and safety for the Jags. Now you can make the argument that, okay, they already got a very talented offensive player with their number one pick, do they go defense here knowing that something you have to keep in mind, the Jags pick very quickly, too, into the second round where they have the number 33 pick, and then they have, again, the number 45 pick. So they've got some picks here to work with, um, which I think makes this a – I think it makes it tougher because it's like you don't really know who's going to be available in some of these spots. Um, But I think I'm actually going to change my initial thought here because I had – a guy in mind, but uh, man, oh I say that, but I don't. I have a guy in mind, but I don't know if he's going to make it to where I would like to pick him with another <laughs> one of those teams I'm picking for. So here's what I'm going to do. How about this? We're going to have a first here. Um, uh, this, this is suspense right here, but I, I'm trying to think if there's a way to do this, but I don't. Well, because I don't think they're going to do that, because I think the Jags would just pick the guy <laughs> himself. Eee. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry, Green Bay Packers. I just I can't find a way to make it work. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take um, <laughs> Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver from Florida. And, yes, what you heard me contemplating there was trying to figure out a way to get Tony to the Packers, because um, I'm also going to be picking for them here in a couple picks. But I just think <laughs> – I don't know. Like, again, you, you got your quarterback if you're the Jags. Now you add a very, very talented playmaker to go along with it. I know, you know, you have to 
fix some things on the defense as well. But I think if you can get these two as sort of a one-two combo there, to you know you've got DJ Chark, um, you know mm-hmm. that that wide receiver core still needs some some revamping. I think overall uh, they did have Marvin Jones this offseason, but I think someone like Tony, you know, you kind of look at the at everything on him. Like he's one of those mm-hmm. guys you could probably plug into a lot of different you know ways to use him, especially if you're Urban Meyer, an offensive guy. Um, so I'm going to go with, with Tony here. Uh, as I said, I was really trying to figure out a way to maybe get him to the Packers, but um, I just I don't know that he's going to fall to that point maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure if the Packers would trade up to get him. Like if there had been maybe a, a different receiver that had fallen a bit further than we had anyone, Yeah, uh, maybe you see that happening. Uh, but, yeah, like you're saying, I, the Jags, they definitely have, as we've talked about, a lot of needs <laughs> more, more than most teams lately after – securing the number one pick. They have been drafting mostly on the defensive side in the first round the past few years. Um, there are some options that definitely would fit needs there, but at the same time, like you're saying, you have Trevor Lawrence, you want to get him weapons. Uh, as much as we're locked into Chenault being a solid kind of slot receiver, I think that having Tony filling in there is, instead and you know still being able to use Chenault, but I think it just gives him another weapon. He has the ability to play outside or inside, but I could see him more kind of in the inside, uh, more of a slot role in this offense. Um, and, like, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it comes down to, for them, do they want to get that weapon for Trevor or drafting for defense? They really have to be in love with the defender, I guess, right yeah. here um, to, to make that pick. But, yeah, they have so many needs, and they still have a lot of picks after this and still a lot of talented players on the board. I definitely could see them going this route. I think if Tony's there, you make that pick. If, you know, if he's yeah. not, let's say he's already gone, um, then I think maybe, you know, you turn to defense here. Because I don't really know mm-hmm. the wide receiver group. You know, it's kind of hard to project, as we said, above those, that top tier of guys. Because I, I feel like, you know, once you get past that very, very top tier, mm-hmm. you start to wonder, you know, where do some of these guys fall? Um, so that's the way I would look at it. So I think, again, if he's there – I just feel like that's probably a really good choice um, for that kind of versatile guy. You can plug in uh, someone like that that, you know, just offers a variety of different things. So uh, I'll go with him there at number 25, and that means the Cleveland Browns are on the clock at number 26. Yeah, the Browns in a pretty good spot here for what they they need. Uh, Could see them going receiver if someone they really fell in love with fell to this spot. I don't think that's – the case in our mock draft here. So I look mostly on defense, uh, you know, obviously bringing in, if you can stay healthy, Clowney, that really helps with the pass rush. That maybe was a need that I would have thought about before. But now, uh, especially with Sheldon Richardson being released, I feel like defensive tackle has pr- got to be one of their top needs. But we have had one linebacker, and it's as much as the, the Browns, uh, you know, harped on about how last year their secondary was a huge issue, especially at safety. They've already worked on that, so I don't think drafting there makes as much sense. Uh, but they don't have the most, you know, just uh, depth at linebacker. And I think one guy that, on at least on big boards, and often is in the top 10, well, at least the top 15 on most of the ones I've looked at, and that's Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa from Notre Dame. So I think I'm actually going to go that route, just based on his versatility as a defender. He can kind of play almost safety as well, really. Uh, but he has his ability to defend running backs, receivers, tight ends, anything you want. Um, and also just a big play guy that I think just the more of those they can get, they already have now with John Johnson, a, a kind of a captain of his defense, but having another playmaker in there, uh, I think it's just, I did, look, again, defensive tackle is the one position I was like, man, there's one name that we haven't got to, um, we probably will get to potentially here in the, the last few picks of the first round that 
also would have been a great fit. And you just think about that defensive front uh, with them. But I think just uh, Wosu Koromoa just fell so far down based on just how talented he can be and still uh, still fitting a need for the Browns. So I'm going to go with them here at 26. That's a good pick. I like that one. Um, I think, you know, like we said with the Browns, I mean, they're a team that we saw, you know, they finally, finally had that, that breakout season they've been waiting for. And now it's just seeing if they can kind of build off of that and, and kind of have some of that momentum uh, here moving forward and, you know, whether that can carry over because sometimes it's it's much easier said than done yeah. <laughs> uh, on that. I mean, like we've seen that before many times. So, uh, yeah, that that could be something certainly to keep an eye on here uh, if, if they, you know, go this direction now and they just continue to build up some of those areas of needs uh, here for the Browns throughout the draft. All right. Number 27, we stay in the AFC North, and uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who I'm going to be picking for twice here um, <laughs> over the next several picks. Uh, let's start with this one. I, I mean, the Ravens, you know, I mean, this is where I think because you're picking so close together, you can go a lot of different ways here. Um, man, this is, I mean, it's still one that I think there's a lot of, it's still not an easy, just even if you're having this many picks here uh, for these two, but you know, hmm. I mean, I think I think the choice here is you're going defense probably um, in some way, shape, or form here. I think that I'm going to start with the secondary because I think that a couple. I think one of the other guys I would want is going to still be there at the next spot. So uh, I'm going to go secondary because I think this guy and some of the mock drafts you looked at, he's already off the board. But for us, he is still there. And that is uh, Trevon uh, Morig from TCU. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to take him. Nice safety to add to the mix for the Ravens. Gives him some more, um, you know, additions there in the secondary. And, again, I, I would have maybe tried to wait on him till 31, but I think he's probably he would probably go elsewhere if I if I decided not to pick him here. So I'm going to yeah. go with him uh, in this spot. Morig, I think he's, you know, again, someone who – Probably, I mean, a lot of people think he's, you know, potential top 20, top 25 guy. So getting him here at 27, uh, I think he'd be fine with that if you're the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with that, uh, the next first round pick, you still have, like you're, like you're saying, other needs that can be filled by guys that are probably still going to be available. So in that way, it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, like you're saying, a guy that uh, very easily, if we went back and did a, a second mock draft based on just how it all plays out, could easily go a lot higher than this. But at the same time, I won't be surprised if he falls down as far. We've seen safeties and recent drafts that uh, are right at the beginning of the draft season really high up. And then by the time it comes, they end up falling sometimes to this part of the first round, even early second round. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. But a guy that uh, I think whoever gets him is going to be really happy with him, really has a huge range, obviously, skilled uh, with his ball skills. And, yeah, man, I – I, uh, I think this works out really well for the Ravens in terms of there's not there's some other guys I may have looked at as well, but again, that, having that second first round pick makes a big difference for me, and still a lot of needs that can be filled by who's uh, still available right now. Well, that leads us uh, back to you here for the New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. at number 28. Of course, the Saints uh, interesting interesting offseason for them because you know it's going to be their first without Drew Brees in a good while and. Um, sort of a, a revamp look there for the Saints uh, here as they move forward. So let's see where they go. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think if Tony had been in, uh, available still, yeah. I might yeah, – I know you're trying to trade <laughs> That's why I was like, I'm not waiting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it it, it would have made a lot of sense. Uh, a team that obviously has a lot of transition based on 
uh, it's well documented that they keep kicking the can down the road in terms of their salary cap and maybe it's uh, not going to be the best season we'll see um i still think they'll be still have a ton of solid and really you know great culture and all those kind of things that went to success and i still think they'll end up being fine by the end of it but this pick a lot of pressure um they've had some really good uh picks in the second third round some other first rounders they've traded up and some picks that haven't really exactly worked out i think yeah receiver man i really i'm just i'm like i'm, I'm going back down the list of like guys that yeah. i can consider because that's a spot i think they really could use help at just long term and also just depth wise i oh man but there's it, it's just a, it's kind of played out this way as i mentioned that there's just so many good defenders still left and uh i might go with a guy that i was considering uh for the last one but i i think they maybe need a little more help um with, with Trey Hendrickson leaving in free agency, maybe a little more help at defensive end. I was still going to look at defensive tackle. Now I'm just going to keep passing on my man that I'll eventually name you if we don't pick him. Uh, so, oh boy, this one's tough. <laughs> I'm going to go, man, looking at some pass rushers to fill in there. I just think that might be, just based on the quality of the guys that are still left, uh, that might be the spot I'm going to go. I'm just trying to figure out which one I want moment oh we've already and i'm going back down our, our list of guys we've already drafted we've both have taken a lot of defensive ends haven't we we've yeah we've really we've kind of nailed that down There's, i'm gonna go with yep. uh carlos fashion jr from hmm. wake forest all right uh, probably at least on the list of top edge rushers from guys i've looked at he's probably the next one that i would look it fills in great uh obviously uh, any edge guy you want him to be consistent and getting to the pass uh, to the quarterback, but I think he also is a, has an ability to really defend against the run pretty well. A guy that is a big dude, just like a lot of these uh, defensive ends that we've been drafted, but he's not afraid to use all that power. Um, and a guy that just fits in well with what the Saints need at this point. Uh, fairly versatile, too, in terms of what he can do. So I think, yeah, I thought maybe that was, he was a guy that I was looking at maybe with the Ravens, too, as a player that kind of could have fit there, and in some mocks we'll see him going there. I just, I'm, I'm going to regret passing on this defensive tackle that I keep referencing because i have a feeling he's going to be amazing wherever he ends up um but man yeah i still think this will be a good pick that the saints will be happy with yeah i think that's a that's a good choice like you said they, that's an area of need uh, potentially there and uh, for them uh, to go that route and uh, i think i know who you're talking about about the guy you talking about passing up but <laughs> yes, um well we'll see you if they, know. he you may be know, one yeah. of my picks so <laughs> we'll we'll see if that's how it turns out but he won't be the pick at number 29 because the Green Bay Packers are on the clock. And as I said, I was trying to do some maneuvering a couple picks ago to get uh, Kadarius Tony to them, but uh, that did not happen. However, the fact is they got to take a wide receiver. Like, it's just you got to take a wide receiver <laughs> this year? in this spot. Uh, this is a, a, a do-over. I'm not saying like, nothing against Jordan Love, but um, just for, for the spot, like, this is this is your chance. Like, you need to go out and get a wide receiver here. We talked about it. Um, I I think it's an interesting group. I still, you know, I think there are some guys, like we said, beyond that top tier that are still a little bit hard to figure out. But at the same time, I think this is a guy that's starting to get a lot of momentum. I've seen Packers fans talk about him. Um, I, of course, being the SEC homer that I am, um, we we know that uh, I'm I'm probably going to look at some of these guys and feel like that they could really have yeah. a chance to excel. 
at the next level, and the Green Bay Packers are finally going to get <laughs> Devontae Adams uh, some help here by picking uh, Ole Miss wide receiver Elijah Moore. Yes. Uh, it's going to be the choice. Uh, again, I've seen a lot of people who think this would be a great fit. I don't disagree at all. Um, I think he's someone that really could have a chance to, again, in that system in particular, like he could be fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, what? even for, like I said, for the Jags, like I wouldn't have hated that pick if I'm the Jags. Um, I even think this guy, you know, could potentially be a higher. I don't know that he'll go higher, but I think he's, if you talk about just value, I think it would be sort of a higher value pick than being here at number 29. Um, so if I'm the Packers, I, I think this is your choice. Um, and maybe this is finally the situation where Aaron Rodgers, if you don't want him to leave, uh, make this selection, and maybe all will be well there. <laughs> yeah, a guy I think that is a little underrated just based on his size. Uh, obviously, given that size, yeah. you'd expect him. He, he very much is a really good <laughs> route runner, which uh, we see, obviously, Devontae Adams has the size. But a guy, those kind of guys that can just create openings, you don't need much of an opening from Aaron Rodgers to get you the football, and I think that's why – he fits well in here, and it's also why I think you made the right choice of not trading up, because as much as you'd like to get Tony, I still think that this might even work out just as well, if not better, for what uh, the Packers need. Kind of in the mold of, you look at maybe Randall Cobb kind of skill set in terms of where he can line up just basically everywhere, get those mismatches, and that's that's what it's all about, again, when you have a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers, where he can put the ball wherever he wants. So finally, yes, I think this would appease uh, Packer fans very much, hopefully, and hopefully he can immediately contribute. I know that's one thing with some of the rookies, especially there, that you want to see these guys step in from day one and make an impact. Yep, we'll see. Um, I think, again, I think he'd be a, a fine choice uh, for them there. So we will see if that is the direction they go or if they just, you know, go wide receiver in general. Uh, but I think it would – I just think it would be a really good decision if they uh, did that. I, I think you'd make fans a little bit more happy. Uh, if if that was the case. So um, this kind of guy that you can really just, I mean, you know, the speed, the the physicality, he's got got some some weapons here. And um, I think that that he'd be a a nice choice here for them. All right, now we go back to you, uh, to the Mm -hmm. Buffalo Bills, your Buffalo Bills. You're going to get a draft for them here at uh, the number 30 spot. Only fitting that I get to have them. I Man, this – there's so many names at this point that I'm looking at that I could consider here. The Bills, uh, obviously, as we get down to the end of the first round, we have all these teams that were in the championship games that don't have as glaring of needs. I do think pass rusher is one that we just did not see them consistently outside of Jerry Hughes, especially if he ends up leaving after this season. They, they need a little bit of help there. I'd say, though, on the offensive line, I mean, we saw as much as I wanted – you know, we talked last time that we bet that we'd end up getting at least one uh, one of these running backs drafted of the top couple guys. Uh, as much as I really was in considering that and was considering that, I think there's one guy that fills in their biggest need that just is perfectly placed here for the Bills uh, along the offensive line, and that's at center, and that's Landon Dickerson from Alabama. I think he fits perfectly into what they really need, and uh, honestly, I know he's, he's had some issues with injuries. That's the one part that there's one other center I was kind of looking at in this spot. But I think that is it's not just the, the quality of the running backs the Bills have isn't necessarily the issue. They have talented guys that obviously they've struggled a bit with injuries at certain points, especially Zach Moss at the end of last year. They really missed having him out there. But I think I, I still trust in Singletary. Um, I still think those guys have a lot of talent. I think a lot of the issues with their running game were predicated more from the offensive line. And Dickerson, it, a lot of the teams we look at needed tackles, and it just worked out really well. 
for them that the arguably the best interior offensive lineman available is still there. So I think Dickerson, uh, maybe not the, the flashiest pick, not, you know, looking at still the, the couple of running backs that we have here and how fun that could be to see them with Josh Allen. I think having a, a number one center for the future with him is uh, obviously something they would like to have as well. And I think uh, by the end of it, Bills fans would be really happy with this pick. Yeah, I think so too. That's uh, certainly a, a nice selection, uh, I feel like, for the Bills. And uh, like you said, someone who can kind of anchor uh, that and uh, be able to propel uh, that side of the ball forward uh, there for them. So never hurts going the Alabama routes uh, yeah. when you, you know, from the SEC homer himself. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that choice uh, for the Bills. Now we go to the Ravens, number 31, uh, back on the clock here. Remember, uh, several weeks yep. ago we took Javon Morick uh, from TCU to add to the secondary, and now it's a matter of figuring out who we're going to add with him uh, because uh, this is uh, man, this is a, a tough choice. I've been I've been looking at yeah. different options here, and I've been trying to figure it out. You know, we we talked about the wide receiver situation, mm-hmm. and I just don't know that there's one in particular that's still there. <laughs> um, again, LSU, uh, LSEC, Homer. Um, Terrace Marshall from uh, LSU is still on the board, and I think he is someone that, man, like I feel like, you know, <laughs> it never hurts to, to help Lamar Jackson, right? Like, I mean, it never mm-hmm. hurts to invest in players to to help Lamar Jackson. Something I need to do here because I hadn't looked at this. Um how many picks do the Ravens have now? Because they they made the Orlando Brown trade, right? Yeah. And so they moved up to 31. So now they've got 27-31. And then they don't have a second-round pick. They have two third rounds, two, four round, two fourth round, two fifth, and one sixth. So. Solid amount. Well, I mean, you know, you, tra- you make a trade like that, and, ugh, man, it's tough. Like this is um, this is one of the harder picks thus far, also because it's our our last pick here for me of this round. Um, but do I go wide receiver or do we just keep it simple and go defense again? Because we know the Ravens love their defense, and they've already got a guy to help in the secondary. Now it's do they take a chance on somebody like you know Gregory Russo from Miami? He's someone that I think uh, you know, there was an interesting, what was it, uh, Rappaport put out something about an mm-hmm. anonymous scout on him or something. So that, that makes me wonder, is he going to make them fall a little bit? But, man, at the same time, like I feel like he's someone that – and, you know, he opted out of this past season. So I feel like that's kind of – those are hard situations yeah. to really know. But, you know, we mentioned too, I might take it, but we teased in the last episode about how many running backs could go here in this spot. Well, it turns <laughs> yeah. out, like, there could only be one at this point because – we're down to our last pick here uh, with you with, with the Bucks, but oh, dude, this is this is a tough one. Um, There's, uh, it's tough, and they're all, and the thing is, like their positions of need, I would argue outside of uh, like you're, you're looking at receiver, I'd say really edge rusher and even tackle. And I think there's still a couple guys here. One edge rusher I passed on that we talked about before we started recording. I was like, man, maybe that. I'm uh, looking back, I maybe should have taken him. But then there's also one you're talking about. Uh, your SEC bias. There's one. Um, I know that's one Alabama guy that I feel like, I've, you know, obviously with. They're, I think they were going to sign somebody though after trading Orlando. That's what I was uh, thinking. That's why I that's didn't the think they thing. would go offensive line because I just don't know that that's 
But then again, well, because they don't have a second-round pick, and when you look at Mm -hmm. some of these guys, which, again, they could always get – they could always find a way to get one. Like, you know, as we go throughout, they could – Especially with two third-rounders. Yeah, Yeah. they they could find a way to acquire a second-round pick at this point, and and I wouldn't be shocked if they did. But I know who you're thinking. Alex Leatherwood is there, and I think (laughs) – I was looking at him. He was on – he's on my list of three here. And, yes, it's very – See that's that's the only question I have it's, about that one. So it's, it's Alejandro Villanueva that they uh, visited with last week, and that they're okay. really looking at to replace. And I, I, still, it's really that's the thing. I think if they can land him, then that that makes that a little more difficult to justify, given the talent right. of the yeah. other guys that are available. So so maybe I hold off, even though I think Leatherwood would be. A good, <laughs> I think he'd be a good pick for them, but mm-hmm. I think I'll hold off then on that because. Mm, yeah, I, I, if they if they make that signing, I don't think they go that direction. So. Yeah. With that said, um, I feel like I'm just—I feel like I'm going a lot of offense here with my picks, but it's just <laughs> like I feel like some of these guys are really good, and so I mean, Edge, I guess, is probably the best way to go here, and I think I will just—I mean, that's the thing that worries <laughs> me is that report, like I said, from on Russo and all that, like we saw. Mm-hmm. Like about the anonymous scout and and that yeah. kind of, you never know about that kind of stuff though. Though it's like maybe that's the Ravens' anonymous scout saying him to, let him yeah, to fall. Him to All right, that. that's what we're going with. That's the narrative we're building up. Uh, Gregory Russo, Miami, number thirty-one pick to the Ravens. We're building that up as the narrative. They said all this because they want this guy to fall to them at 31. Um, so I think by getting a good addition to you know a guy like we said at 27 who probably fell down the board a little further than you thought. Now a guy here at 31 who may fall down a little further than you thought because of you know some of this other stuff about the the anonymous reports and everything. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're okay with that if you're the Ravens. So so that's the direction we're going to go here. Yeah, I think it, it ends up being a solid choice for them. I like you're saying though, I, there are some mocks that have him going in the second round. I think he's talented enough, and he obviously was not playing last year. Just what he put on the field in 2019, I don't think you just completely lose that. <laughs> Right. Um, and obviously with some polishing and a great system there in Baltimore where he's not going to be alone with all the talent that they have on that defense that they can kind of reload a little bit this year. So I think that ends up being a really good pick for them. Uh, because they lost – I mean, we got to remember who they lost too, like in free air. Like they lost several guys. So it's like that's not – like I think for the Ravens to pick up that spot, like that's that's clearly an area of need. So Yeah, it, it, exactly. I think it's uh, – it fits in a perfect need as well with the, the high potential you have. So, like you're saying, there, there are there other guys, and I think if they, you know, like we're saying about Leatherwood, I think that could have made sense. But if he does fall not too much further, like you're saying, they could trade back in the, into the second round if they wanted to, if they really wanted to grab him. So there's still options, um, and I think yeah, it's just it's that upside that you see with him. And you know, we, every single one of these edge guys. Has been massive too. I didn't realize he's, yeah, seven. he's he huge. Big, but six, seven. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Harbaugh is salivating over this. But like, <laughs> I just feel like you look at this guy and you got to be like, all right, like, come on. I, I mean, come on. This guy's huge. So it's crazy upside, and I, that's the thing. And uh, like, I think he's going to be fine. He has the frame and everything, and it's not like you're just placing him into any defense. He's going to have so many talented players around him, such a great culture and a coaching staff that I think he'd fit right in. Well, that's two Miami players going pretty close together. We I took Jalen Phillips back at 23 to the Jets. Um, so I, I I actually like the more I think about it, I like this pick. And uh, again, yeah. we'll we'll see if he 
he drops to this point or if he maybe you know continues to drop. But uh, I think if if he's there, I think that's a that's a fine addition for the Ravens. Yeah. So we wrap it up 100%. with the champs, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number thirty-two. Uh, I don't think they're going quarterback. Um, so let's see what they do. Yeah, this is the tough one for me because it's the same guy. It's Christian Barmore from Alabama that I've been, you know, looking at this whole time. And he fits right. I mean, you look at how dominant this defensive line is. And it's the, obviously the reason, large part, that they won the Super Bowl was just the constant pressure they got against the banged-up Chiefs offensive line. Really tempted, though, because I'd say the other need, and it's not really a need even with Christian Barmore if they put him in. It's just, just an embarrassment of riches to have him and – Vita Vey in the middle there with Chad Barrett with Ndamukong Sue. It's like, holy cow. It, that's the thing that I'm just – I keep coming back to, and I, we haven't been the focus on defense. But at the same time, you look at all the skill players they have in off, on offense, and you'd say that one of the need is probably running back um, at this point. And Najee <laughs> Harris is still there, and Travis Etnie is still there. So it, it becomes a tough one for me, and I, I need to look at, like, if some team would even like trade up to get, grab one of those guys, if they like one of the running backs, they really wanted them. If Tampa Bay knew they could just wait a little bit longer to get Barmore, but I don't think Barmore is going to stay much longer, regardless. Oh gosh, this is this is probably the, one of the tougher picks. Oh man, wow. I I think just oh I, I oh man, this is this, <laughs> this is probably my hardest one, and it's funny because it's a team right. that I, I, that was my last one was the hardest one. Yeah. Uh, I would say that they probably have the least needs here of any team. Uh, we kind of—I mean, there was a reason throughout the year that they consistently were ranked at the top of DVOA, despite not having the best of records with a lot of close losses and just weird things that kind of happened. They were really balanced, really, really balanced roster. They somehow are able to basically bring back everyone uh, this year. Um, yeah, I didn't even mention Jason Pierre-Paul when I was talking about their defensive line. It's like how how many guys can you have? And it's obviously I think Barmore would be great in there. But I think just thinking about uh, Najee Harris and Tom Brady, we've seen so many uh, running backs that have, uh, if they can catch the ball and if they're able to make plays in space, they really, really can <laughs> thrive with Tom. Yeah, he's a guy that loves uh, with all those weapons too. You're going to have a lot of one-on-one matchups. It's just another matchup problem for whoever they're facing. So I'm going to go with Najee Harris. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to end up. Uh, fulfilling uh, what we said in terms of one, or at least one running back going in our first round. Uh, like, it, it feels a little bit almost how I felt last year when, when the Chiefs got Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and I was like, oh, you're just going to add him to, to the Chiefs offense. It kind of feels a little bit like that here. And as much as uh, I, I, I won't be shocked if they get Barmore, I won't be shocked if Barmore goes well before this, really. Um, what might be more likely what ends up happening. Both these guys could, Barmore and Najee, could end up going earlier in the first round, but I'll go with Harris just because I'm just thinking about that offense and all the talent they have, and they still have talent. I'm still not a not against playoff Lenny and what Ronald Jones really developed into last season, but I think Najee Harris has a chance to, with that offensive line that they have and the weapons they have, just be another really big X factor to make the Bucks. Probably there's a reason why uh, a lot of people think they could go back-to-back. Yeah, I was going to say, if, he, if he's there at number 32, I, I think, I think it's a no-brainer. Like, he's – I just – look, and that's not just my SEC bias show, yeah. but it's like if he's the number 32 pick in this draft, like, come on. Like, that guy <laughs> – I think that guy's really, really good. And I know we always talk about, you know, first-round running backs and the, the long-term value of running backs and all this other stuff. But, man, I, I think if he's there, I, I just – I can't see Bruce Arians passing up on someone like that. Um, yeah, that's I, the thing. You're yeah. right. They got Bruce in there. It's not like – 
yeah, you don't have a decision maker who's not thinking about what yeah. they're going to do on offense that is just getting ready to uh, drop all those plays for him. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the direction they go. And then, um, you know, if you look at those next – the next picks, the picks to start the second round, the Jags are at 33, the Jets at 34, Falcons 35, Dolphins 36, Eagles at 37. Um, then I think you quickly see, you know, Travis at the end going off there somewhere yep. quickly. Um, yeah, I just, man, I, I can't imagine one of these running backs not getting picked in the first round. But as we said, it's pretty crazy. Um, so we'll see. It happens, but it feels like it, not even just um, uh, naming Clyde Edwards-Slayer, but like even other guys in the last few years just end up kind of the, the, the value. You're like, you know, it's not like years past where the running backs are going top, you know, top early, top 10 kind of situations. But ends up getting to that point where it's like, well, he's available in the 30s or the 20s, and you're like, all right, now I'm even. I don't care about the val- like all the issues about value. You're like, this guy's this good, we're this good, especially for Tampa Bay, a team that's trying to just capitalize on this window, uh, even if the window never seemingly closes with Tom Brady, which is ridiculous. But nonetheless, they're just trying to capitalize, so it just fits into what they're trying to do here. Yeah, I think so too. So uh, there you go. There is our mock draft for the 2021. NFL draft and uh, Dylan, I, I'm thinking back now. I'm going to give you one opportunity here. I'm going to I'm going to tell you mine. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you you were the one that made the the trade though. I I'll say <laughs> this. I think if the Falcons stay at four, which we ultimately you traded up with the Patriots, the number four, mm-hmm. to get Trey Lance. I think if the Falcons stay at four, I think that becomes the most interesting thing because then if Justin Fields does not go three, then I think the Falcons have a decision to make. It's either Justin Fields or Kyle Pitts at four, and I think that Mm -hmm. will be a fascinating decision if the Falcons do stay in that spot. That's the one I look back down our board and I keep thinking about I'm like, and I said this in the first part too, I I don't think Mac Jones is going to the Broncos. Ultimately, I picked him Mm -hmm. at nine, but I kind (laughs) of said, hey, I feel like this is one where – like, he's got to go off the board, and I just don't, you know, I don't feel like he can drop any further than this. So I put him with the Broncos, but I can mm-hmm. see that as kind of that trade spot where maybe the Broncos are trading up. Someone else maybe trades. I don't think the Broncos are trading back. I think, if anything, yeah. the Broncos trade up to get one of those quarterbacks. Um, but I, those are the ones, at least to me, stand out here as I look at our, our board. But overall, I mean, I think, as we said, there's there's a lot of potential variety here because we talked about it. Pass one and two. Things get pretty chaotic from there. Yeah, especially this year. It, it felt like, I mean, I guess last year it ended up just kind of like there were rumors that it might teams might trade up to get to and different things, and it ended up kind of playing out how we thought it might. Um, this year, oh, man. Like, it, yeah, I, as we talked about when we recorded, we felt like if the, yeah, if, the, if the Niners took Jones or Lance, we felt like if we were, if we were sitting there at the Falcons number four, we'd just take fields. I, yeah. I know Matt Ryan's still got some years ahead of him, but I think – you know, there's a, especially with Arthur Smith coming in, there's a chance to turn the page and start looking ahead and not worrying about that position instead of, you know, having to do it next year or the year after. Maybe you're in the middle and you're not able to get that number four pick again. It just becomes tough. And obviously, Pitts uh, still would be a great option, I think, for Atlanta at number four. And a lot of, depending on who goes number three and uh, a lot of mock drafts, he's still there. The thing is, like, a lot of the mock drafts are adjusting, not necessarily, like, I've seen ones where they had fields like us at number three, but then because of the reports, it, it's changing, and it's like, would the Falcons just sit there and not take pits? And, and if, if Fields drops, like, how far is he dropping? Like, I think a team quickly trades up to get him if he goes, like, say, say goes Jones at three, four, 
the Falcons just stay, but they take picks. Now, I don't think the Bengals or Dolphins are moving back, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, like, only a pick or two because of the guys that they want to take at that point. I uh, could see the Broncos trading up for Fields. The, yeah, he's so I was going to say the Broncos yeah. could trade up to, like, seven and easily and grab him. I guess they could to five or six, too, if, if depending on how much they gave up. The Broncos are the team, like you're saying. I think they would sit, and I think they would take Lance, and that, we talked about it when we reported. Yeah. They, they made a decent amount of sense to us there. The Bears could trade up. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> like, I yeah, don't say that's true. If Lance fell out of the top ten or, like, to nine, and the, the Broncos have already traded up to take Fields, then – that's in play, and we, we have the Panthers in our mock. We had Pitts falling all the way to eight. I don't think that's going to happen, but no, I think I the Panthers are a weird and a kind of interesting spot, whether the trade back or to, still they could take a, a quarterback. So <laughs> right. I know they I know they've got Cam, but I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it any of it. It's going to be uh, pretty nuts. I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think like you said when you drafted Mac with the Broncos number nine, and I traded up for Lance. I don't think that's exactly going to play out that way. But I do think someone may trade up trade up to get Lance let alone Fields now. That yeah, that information, if we knew it, we still, obviously our pick, we still felt that Fields is the right spot at number three. But I don't know. Uh, at this point, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, so it's more fun to think about that. And maybe, yeah, I think we're going to record one episode that's going to yeah. come out the morning of the first round. So we'll definitely get into all those kind of things. I, I was going to say, I guarantee you, we're going to have a lot more rumors to discuss yep. uh, probably for the next episode because, yes, it will come out on uh, Thursday, the first day mm-hmm. of the draft. And so we will have plenty to discuss as we go into that. And then, as usual, we will do our um, our extra bonus episode uh, that we do during the draft to kind of run through the fallout from the first round as well. So, uh, Dylan, for now, uh, all those rumors we talked about, uh, all the discussion, the speculation, lots of it's over at Clutch Points. Yeah, you can read about all those rumors. We've got everything NFL draft heavily covered. Uh, this week, if you go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL section, all of it will be there. But if you search NFL Draft, you'll only get a stream of our draft content. The same thing on the, on the Clutch Points app in the NFL section there. We're going to have a ton of a lot of articles about everything that's happening in real time with the draft, all rumors, any trades, obviously, anything that may have almost happened, pretty much anything you would care about we'll have covered. We'll also have breakdowns of all the, all the top draft picks early on, some live grades I believe we're probably going to do again during the draft, so you can find out on clutchpoints.com. And, uh, otherwise, yeah, still still NBA games following the app, MLB games. Uh, not not pumped about how the Dodgers series went this weekend, <laughs> but, hey, at least they at least they got one. I think they'll be okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think I would have too many long-term concerns about the Dodgers yeah. right now. Uh, meanwhile, some of these NFL teams got some long-term concerns, and we will see <laughs> yes. if they address them uh, in the draft. But, yeah, check out all the draft stuff over at Clutch Points. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, you can find us there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the five folks at Blue Wire for all they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Topics of the Past.